0: Good. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Mike Armstrong Podcast Show. And uh, this morning, I'm joined by Anne Marie Cross, who's the uh, podcast queen from Melbourne, Australia. And we're going to have a chat about uh, business podcasting, lockdown, and all things uh, all things networking, I suppose, as well. And how are you doing uh, this morning, Anne Marie? Okay. We're good. We're good. Despite the
1: fact that yes, we are on lockdown again, but you know. The beautiful thing about what, what we're doing now is uh, we can do that from our own home offices, as long as we've got an internet connection, we're fine. So yeah. good to be able to connect with you today. That's brilliant. Yeah. And what time of the uh, day is it? You, you, you must be nighttime now, are you? Uh... It is, it's 5.42pm uh, on Tuesday. So in the morning for you yeah. and
0: uh, evening for me. Yeah, great, great, and uh, yes, yeah, um, I don't get too many people from Australia, I, I, more, more America, you know, obviously all I see English-speaking countries tend to do more of the global networking than, than, than the rest, but I seem to have yes. a lot from America at the moment, but um, yes, yeah, great, oh, I, actually, I did have someone from New Zealand uh, yesterday, and uh, yeah, mm. um, and so now I may be going a bit more um, forward instead of backwards, because America is about six to eight yes. hours behind, and you're forward, so uh, yes, it's hard to keep up with the timeline sometimes. But um, yeah, you're the queen, and you're, you're obviously very experienced in podcasting. And we met through um, through some of uh, Mark Jarrett's WhatsApp groups, etc. Um, I just wanted to find out a little bit about sort of when you did start podcasting, and and, and just tell us a little bit about your podcasting history and background, etc. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So 2008 was when I started my first co-hosted podcast. I was in the career industry then. And for those of you who were in business, you would have remembered that that was the year that the global financial crisis hit. And a colleague and I were really disappointed at the doom and gloom being portrayed by mainstream media. Uh, Hasn't changed much. Um, But we knew things were difficult. We knew things had changed, specifically for job seekers and people who had now found themselves out of, you know, work. And so we knew they needed to change their approach. So we thought, you know what, let's be the voice of hope and inspiration. Let's talk about things that they need to be doing. Because we knew that if they did find an opportunity opportunity and tap into the hidden job market it was going to be impacted negatively if they listen to the doom and gloom and then they wouldn't interview properly so we started that did that for two years um, he went his separate ways as he started doing more in, or my co host started doing more in social media. I started working more with entrepreneurs. But I've always had a podcast uh, since then and actually have had several and um, really love that medium. So, but I was using audio probably about. Uh, three years prior to that not really as a podcast as we do now but certainly recording and letting my clients you know have access to audio so audio has always been a medium I, I've leveraged and I've loved it
0: yeah brilliant brilliant sounds to me like you started your podcast with similar sort of reasons for why I started mine because I started mine in the global recession uh, the global credit crunch, the, the pandemic the beginning of the lockdown yeah. And that was because um, I actually went through that uh, global recession the last time and I could see this was going to be a similar situation. And so I started my podcast as a positivity podcast to help people with mental health issues and that sort of thing because I knew that was going to be coming but also as an educational yeah. podcast, because I got a lot of information to help, you know, people with sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and networking and the, the sort of skills that I have. And I thought, well, you know, I can also educate people at the same time, reach out to those people, and and give them skills and information and stuff that they're going to need, you know, in this sort of, you know, the, the plateau, if you like, after whatever happens happens and is finished. You know. Yes. Yes, yeah, it's a good, it's a fantastic medium. You really can
1: build uh, a level of engagement that I have yet to experience across a number of other platforms that I've been, you know, on social media. Before social media actually became social media, you know, even back then a lot of my colleagues said, oh, that Facebook stuff, that Twitter stuff, that's just a fad. And now, of course, we know it's not at all. It's very much part of the way that we communicate and connect and uh, build relationships. so
0: yeah, definitely. I, I myself, I can't believe I didn't find podcasting sooner because I, am literally, um, I'm a sales and marketing consultant, trainer, service provider. I used to be a corporate sales director, mm-hmm. a tech, tech business. So I literally jump onto every new thing test it try it out work it implement strategies on it test those for myself and if they work Mm -hmm. and then advise other people how to use them myself so i've gone through you know from linkedin when it first started to facebook to twitter to instagram and, and i use all of those things now so i do 360 degree sort of sales and marketing i use every single strategy there is in the system if you like i just yeah. Sure which ones to put more time into based on the effect, the cause and the effect, how much time you've got to put in versus how much time you get out. And um, why I love podcasters so yes. much is, is I've been talking for a living all my life. So, so talking is a better medium for me <laughs> than say blogging, which I've been doing for 15 years because blogging involves typing, mm-hmm. and podcasting and YouTube and stuff. is just chatting,
1: you know,
0: it's, it's a lot less work. Yeah. It's just, and, and, and literally, once you've got a lot of information in your head and you, and you, and you know how to talk and chat, which, which, which I can, then I can keep content coming out non-stop, like, you know, just like I could. I have, I have blogging strategies, if you like. So, you know, I've got a lot of information in my head that I want to share with people. And so, you know, for me, anyone who's got a lot of information they want to share, podcasting is, a, is an amazing way of doing that if they're, if they're happy talking, you know, to themselves or to others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, the, the key thing in networking, which I do a lot of networking as well, is also listening. And, and that, that's a challenge for me because I do like to talk, but also, you know, I'm a solutions provider as well in sales and marketing. So it is about trying, uh, listening as well. So I do a lot of interviewing on my uh, podcast. So I'm always interested in um, you know, finding out a little bit more about people, et cetera, especially as a networker on how I can help them maybe get connected to my contacts. You know, I'm a big networker in the UK. I do a lot of online events, about eight a week. Uh, I used to do two a week in the real world. So, you know, who are the sort of people you like to work with and, and, and what are always looking to be connected with?
1: Well, for me, a lot of my clients are who I was, you know, back in the career industry. And so many of them are change makers. Many of them are experts in their field with a a body of knowledge and often challenging the status quo. So leveraging tools, technologies, and even coming up with a lot of their own strategies that has worked specifically for them and clients. And now who want to then teach that system and uh, process and programs to others. But what a lot of my ideal clients struggle with is keeping up with the technology and so they often feel like the world's best kept secret and so I love working with them, helping them identify what really makes them unique, uh, help them really position that well across all social media, particularly on a podcast, so that they can build their reach, build their reputation as a trusted authority, as well as their revenue. I've got a signature process or tactic that we implement with every client so that they can start to generate or nurture listeners into leads and ultimately inquiries and paying customers from their very first uh, episode so that's kind of the system we get set up for them and as we know i mean there's so many different tools and technologies and it's all about integrating isn't it Mike? so that you're leveraging uh, different platforms and when you've got this beautiful pipeline that builds relationships and you're doing other ways to communicate your brand like networking, podcasting obviously is one, live streaming uh, online summit speaking we can't do face to face yet um, but all of those things, it all gets back, funneled back into the podcast pipeline and then you can start to nurture those uh, prospective clients through that, you can do that with a deeper engagement when you have the right kind of formatting and the right storytelling and all of that in, in place it really works for you 24-7, three. 365
0: days a year while uh, you may not necessarily have to be online yeah 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 well I, I'm integrating podcasts with the rest of my sort of digital marketing and you know um, other marketing services etc and but I'm still looking at the moment to try and crack a revenue generating sort of model I've actually taken up I, I use anchor app and I started putting adverts on my episodes to incur revenue, which I can't get paid out on at the moment because you've got an American bank account. But I think they're rolling that out globally at some point. Um, so I started doing that. I've also started recording adverts for my own business, which I stick at the end of my episodes as well. So I'm driving traffic to, to, to those businesses. And I'm thinking of, well, I've, I've created a, a, a board, you know, a sponsors board for me to put into my background and stuff so I can mm. try and get... Real world sponsors mm-hmm. to, to, to pay to be on there, uh, and I think I've signed up to a thing called Pantheon, I think, or something like that. It's a monthly subscription. Patreon. Page. Patreon. Yeah, and I've got Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, Patreon is. Um, I've set up the account, where I haven't actually got it working yet, etc. So I'm, I'm looking at different ways of trying to monetize it because I'm putting a lot of time into podcasting. I've done about three hundred and eighty odd episodes since the end of April. So, I started off, I set my uh, podcast up as a once a week podcast. Uh, I called it my Armstrong's weekly, weekly Podcast. And then I realized I had too much to say. So, um, I changed it to uh, my Armstrong's Daily Podcast. And then I started doing once mm-hmm. a day and quickly was doing three a day. And now I've set the target of 10 a day, which I'm probably averaging around seven, eight. You know, I'm, I'm not always hitting the target, but I do do 10 some days. Mm-hmm. So I'm producing a lot of content, so therefore I'm trying to find ways of monetizing that content. Um, At Mm -hmm. the moment, when I record every episode, I market every episode once. So I market it to, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, my blog, you know, my website, my blogger blog, Tumblr, Mm. uh, lots of different places, but I only market it once. Uh, and so I can actually go back around and remarket all of them as many times as I want obviously, to, obviously, to get that numbers out. So I know that's part of the strategy I don't use at the moment, but I could. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, what else am I doing uh, i do compilations because i do quite a lot of short episodes so some of my episodes are two minutes five minutes ten minutes and then my chats are 30 to 45 minutes so so i do compilations of the two minutes ones and i'll, I'll, I'll put them together to a half an hour or hour episode where there might be you know a number of all features you know so i do a morning motivation every day so i do a compilation episode then, like all my morning motivations from the month yeah things like mm-hmm. that i'm start, i'm being creative because because i'm a blogger and i've been doing a lot of this sort of stuff before you're know, repurposing content at the moment i've got five a to z so i'm doing the a to z of networking the a to z of marketing but i'll do like an mm-hmm. episode which is the a of and then the b of and then the c of which are all strategies i've had for content in the past if you like yeah so that's yeah, what i'm yeah. doing at the moment well, well you know with your experience what what, what am I not doing? What am I missing? What what other things can you do? Oh, okay. All right. We'll get into the nitty gritties.
1: Well, one of the things that I say, Mike, is that if someone is um, a service-based business, so you're selling your knowledge and your expertise, you want to set up a strategy to monetize your message before you worry about monetizing someone else's. And that's kind of like advertising and sponsorships. One of the things that I've noticed over the years as well, when you're thinking about a podcast audience, they're very different from, say, a radio audience because many of them are listening to niche content, meaning they want to listen because they're interested something else I often say too is people will come for the topic but they'll return for the host so if you've got a highly niche podcast that really supports someone your ideal client in in achieving whatever goal that it is overcoming challenges and you keep your topics whether you share topics and knowledge from yourself or other guests has to be aligned to the themes has to be aligned to the topics because then you're really going to start to build an audience of highly engaged people and I think Moving forward, we're going to see a lot more community building, and if you get your right ideal client within a community that incorporates, you know, the ongoing podcast on a regular basis, then you're really going to continue to build know, like, and trust. So, you know, kind of if you look at mainstream media, which is traditionally radio, and they have ads. One of the pet peeves from community of podcast listeners is they hate ads. They hate ads. And one of the first things that you can do to break rapport with your audience is by throwing ads in there, particularly if they're not um, a strategic sponsor. I mean, I've had external sponsors as well over the years, but there have either been services or products that I have used and adds value to my community. And then I can storytell it, I can bring that in. Um, and another thing that mainstream media often do, which is just not even relevant for the podcast audience, is there's a level of trust that's built and engagement that no radio host can can really build and that is because uh, a host can become a trusted authority and i have what i call like obviously we're limited in time but i have what i call a podcast positioning quadrant so you know you can position yourself as a trusted authority if you've got a highly engaged audience and you're highly seen as an expert a trusted expert a trusted authority now often on the scale you see you know, these high paying or, or highly uh, engaged, pod, uh, not podcast hosts, but radio hosts are seen more as celebrities, more as influencers, but not seen as, a, as say, an expert or trusted authority, which is why you'll find that, um, you know, radios will often ask, or advertisers will often say, you know, what is the reach? How many downloads do you get? You can have a highly engaged podcast that you can monetize with only a small amount of listeners and that's because they'll listen and if you recommend something just as part of the storytelling, they will be, you know, they will be purchasing. I don't know how many books, how many products, how many gadgets I have bought because a podcast host that I really uh, respected has said, oh, I just got this and this or I've just got this book. It's fantastic. I'm over on Kindle getting it, you know, and um, and so it's valuable, and that's why I'm completely different audience, completely different um, strategy when it comes to monetizing, you know, in that way. Okay, I have turned away hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of potential sponsors and advertisers because I'm just not interested. In, I, I don't know this service, and I'm certainly not going to recommend something that I would not use. Or know that works really really well so yeah monetize your own message and get a system set up to be able to nurture those listeners into to leads
0: yeah the the challenge i suppose i have at the moment my, my listen my downloads are coming up nicely and, and and i have i'm not getting so many subscribers but i'm getting lots of people come in and listen to the individual episodes etc yeah 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 uh, but I don't know so I'm marketing so i'm I'm trying to build a tribe if you like because I want to become a global speaker, so I'm trying to build mm. followers if you like on any platform you know so on on YouTube on Twitter on uh, Facebook LinkedIn I've already got you know connections if you like networking connections, but they they may be not necessarily podcast listeners, you know, and so it's, it's, I'm trying to find the percentage uh, uh, within all my followers on all my different platforms that are podcast listeners, but I also need to try and reach out to new people who are podcast listeners, if you like, and they're looking for new mm-hmm. content, but, but obviously how do they find your content? Like with Anchor, for example, you used to put tags in, but Anchor have got rid of the tags now. Obviously, you can put keywords in describing the episodes, etc. but I don't know what... Um, if you like, what, what keywords podcasters are looking for, for popular podcasts, et cetera. So I, I advertise podcasters yeah. like an entrepreneur podcast or, you know, sales marketing and that sort of thing. But I don't, that that's the bit as somebody who's a keyword marketer going into a new sector. I would always look at, okay, you know, for Google, for example, what, I know what the words are people would be typing in to try and find my website or my services, I don't know what the podcast the community is typing into you know Spotify and and, and iTunes and all that when they're looking for podcasts that's the, the I think one of my challenges at the moment yeah well the
1: thing that they're looking for is the area that you're going to be positioning yourself as that trusted authority in. so what what would be your one thing Um, what's your tagline
0: what's your one thing well well, you know my my podcast called you can't do it because i I, it's all about sort of believing that anything's possible yeah but but more so from an entrepreneurial point of view so whatever you know so so it's about you know business growth you know entrepreneur growth success yeah something like that you know so entrepreneurship success achievement Somewhere
1: along. Yeah, and so let me let me share an example because I think uh, I think uh, examples are so great in being able to kind of share a lesson and give you some other thoughts to think about. Now, I have an award-winning podcast called Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, yeah. and that is a podcast that consistently got listed in the top. You know, top five, top 20, um, Tony Robbins recently just featured it in amongst, you know, 35,000 or 34,000 of his, his clients within a training that he was doing and podcasting was one of the, the modules that they taught. I closed it down. Want to know why I stopped production? Because it wasn't niched enough. Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, Ambitious Entrepreneurs. But I realised that when I transitioned my business, and this would have been about 80 months ago, and I recognised that I really wanted to position myself as someone who worked with, you know, aspiring thought leaders, trusted authorities, the name Ambitious Entrepreneur Show was not targeted enough, was not niched enough. But guess what my book is called, what my podcast is called? It's called Industry Thought Leader because that's what I help people do. I help them go from invisible to industry thought leader. And in one of the ways that I do that is through a podcast. So, you know, from your podcast name to even the slogan and the words that you use and across all platforms, not just podcasts, but also all your platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter has to have that clean theme coming through that really if people think of Mike Armstrong, they think of... You know, for me and Ray Cross, they think the podcasting pain, invisible to industry thought leader, invisible to influential. So, and so when you're building that personal brand and awareness, you've got to go really narrow first to, to really hit the market with this consistent message constantly because then what happens is when people start to recommend you they your audience will become ambassadors oh you need to go and seek to, to mike he helped me with x y and z because they recognize through their colleagues what they're struggling with and you automatically become that recommended resource but i often find and that was a mistake that i made i was my message got lost yeah. in the noise of my own podcast Problem, so that's why
0: I closed yeah. it down. The problem I got is I'm not a niche person. I'm a, i am aii like to sort of cover everything. I'm a 360 degree of sales and marketing, which is very yeah. Me
1: too. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I don't just do podcasting. I do branding. I do money mindset. I do all you know, helping people develop their pro- programs and all of that. But I had to create this umbrella statement and niche the message, now I'm able to widen my message. Yeah. So you tell people what they want and then you give them what they need. Yeah, I think I think you, you tell know. them what they want in the message and then obviously when they start to to stalk you, that's what happens, they start stalking you and then you, you can open that up a little bit more. But I find if you're spreading a message that's too broad at yeah. the onset, when people are just starting, that's when, again, they'll come to the topic and then I'll go off, you know, because you'll be seen as an expert, but not a trusted authority as
0: the go-to person. Yes, but, so, um, so, so my podcast covers so many different things because I got different features on. This. So I, I've done it like, a bit like uh, like a TV pro or a radio where you have features. So I have, so I've got, you know, a King of Marketing episodes, which is about marketing. I've got Wolf of Wales, which is about sales. I've got. Um, uh, the Voice of Social Media was about social media because these are all things I've used previously in the past on, on, on blogs and on, on etc. So, so I've done the, yeah. the podcast a bit like that and then what I've already done is I've spun off Entrepreneur Chats, which is all my one-on-one chats, into a separate podcast which is called Entrepreneur Chats, Mike Armstrong's Entrepreneur Chats. And then I have spun off, which, which, which is the niche, the big niche for me, which I think would get me notoriety and then get people referring me to other people you should listen to, which is the one for Wales. Sales, because obviously salespeople, I, I would guess, are good podcast listeners because they're listening in the car in between meetings and that sort of thing. And they're always looking to improve themselves as people. And obviously I've been in sales all my life since I was 11. So, so sales yeah. is like the, the thing I know most out of everything else. yeah yeah
1: yeah. well look if you're putting your hat on in sales they're fantastic then i would have this really strong message in the area of sales but what you can say is you know to be successful in sales is various components there's components from positioning yourself there's components to networking and i would admit so what you need to do is every single topic that you bring to the podcast or to the chats is you always tie it back to your slogan that validates the sales. You know, it's because and, but what you need to do as a podcast host is give context. And a lot of people don't do that. So for me, I'll always bring it back. So today we're talking about um, sales with Mike Armstrong. Why are we talking about sales? What does that have to do with industry thought leader podcast? Well, you can position yourself as a trusted authority, but eventually you're going to attract your ideal customer. And if you're not able to bring that thought leadership in the way you communicate them, you're going to struggle to convert the sale, which is why I've got Mark speaking on today's podcast. So, you know, so i tied it back so people oh okay it's relevant for me and yeah you're right actually I can become and be known as the thought leader but if I'm not able to generate sales then I'm going to struggle to to build a successful business so you've always got to validate context around that
0: so uh you sold the sales thread through all the content if you like then yeah
1: exactly yep so that you you're known then as Mike Armstrong the king of sales or whatever it is that you know the, the slogan and be saying you know around that and that's that's your theme. but you can weave in other topics as long as you allow people to realize why it's relevant
0: yeah that's know, I, when i know. first started my podcast i made it you can do it because i wanted to be motivational for the lockdown yeah and then i put yes. all my content on that as well and maybe that's working okay but not as well as now i've done the brand stuff wolf of whale sales podcast if I actually repurpose all that content, but put that sales message at the beginning of all the content to, you know, why, why this episode about networking is relevant to the sales. So I could do like an introduction to, you know, this is the world for Wales talking about networking tips, because if you can get out a network then ultimately you're going to meet more leads, which is going to help you be able to sell to them at the end of the day and convert more business, you know, so you can sort of thread that sales bit through. So I think that's what I'll do. And obviously I set it up to be pink and soft and stuff because I thought it was gonna be helping people with mental health. But obviously for the wolf and whales, I'll make it much more, you know, in your face, you know, wolf and, and whales and you know, much more salesy towards that yeah. sales audience. So uh, so yeah you have yeah. You know, so you, know. yeah
1: you've got a decision to make because you know as business owners and I've done that too. I mean I've um, launched different things and in the end you kinda of go There's only 24 hours in a day and you can stretch yourself too thin. And what happens is when someone really enjoy and that's where you've got to be so clear on who's my ideal client because there's some people that just going to listen to your stuff and go you know what I could not think of working with anyone else but Mike so you can be really true and authentic you know not have to try and put a mask on or anything like that not that you are but you know how sometimes what we try and do is we try and be all things to all people bring your personality because that's the style that you're going to do your work and then that means that everyone who follows the podcast and, and then say you do do a live well, you do do Q and As. It's kind of integrated into you know the whales of what's it whales of sales, the sales of whales, wolf of whales, yeah, wolf of
0: whales, yeah, like, like, Wall Street, like you know, it's a it's a, you know, a play on that really. But um, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I've been using you know King of Marketing. You know, if, if you type in King of Marketing, I come up like you know into Google, and, and I, yes. I create hashtags as well, which means I put the hashtag King of Marketing on all my marketing stuff. So I, I, you know, I, I quite dominate the internet in, with certain things, but obviously those things, that content is all out there for people. But at the moment, they're mm. not looking for those things. Yeah, like I've got a hashtag yeah. strong, and all my content's on that. So as soon as I build up a tribe and an audience, once they start looking for me, they'll find me everywhere. But at the moment, until mm. they know to look for you, but that's part of my strategy as well. So I'm into like Grant Cardone and um, omnipresence, basically being everywhere. You know, so I am. Yes, but if you but where
1: where that is, and I and I hear that because you know there's other marketers that say content, 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 be content everywhere. Yeah, that but if that's it needs to be aligned to your brand message because otherwise you've got messages going all over the place and you're seen as a jack of all trades and a master of none. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I would even have um, have encourage you to have a look at you know you can do it. I mean, you can do it and, and as a business. You can do it. You can be the king of sales and marketing in your business. So, again, you could also use that, that kind of um, aspect too. That, that I would probably look at that because sometimes people may not know you. Yeah? Sometimes we can be a bit creative in the naming of our podcasts and, and programs. So would they, would they recognise the whales, you know, that, that, would they recognise that that's something else as, as well? Um, well, so they. You, know, the
0: you know. When I talk to people about the different features, I do World for Wales always goes down well. People like the name, people like the, the alliteration, people like the connection with the Wolf of Wall Street because the Wolf of Wall, yeah. Wall Street, is very you know, in the sales world, is a very sort of uh, popular story film, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, we already have, and so would
1: you say the people that resonate with that are
0: your ideal clients? Yeah, yeah, gen, gen, generally, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. And have they hired you? Um, Has that converted into
0: sales? Because here's the thing, some people
1: will give you the feedback, they go, that is fantastic, I love it. But it's like, okay, would you pay for that? So, you know, again, you know, are are you taking them through the customer journey? These are all things you've got to kind of consider. Do they resonate? Yeah.
0: But um, i I've been thinking about writing. I've written one book, and I'm thinking about publishing that. But I got some issues with with with, with who's in it and, and getting approval for that, really. But um, yeah, I, I, I've been, I've I've created some, um, some like uh, a, a five step uh, happiness formula and a seven step success formula, which I cover on my podcast, which are um, like a daily routine to be happy and a and a you know a, a lifetime of things you should build in your knowledge bank if you like to become more successful yeah um So it's like a lifetime success formula really, Things you know, seven pillars of success you should constantly be working on, things like relationship building. To generate
1: more sales in your business.
0: Yeah, well, just just add that tagline on it, Mike, yeah. Yeah, just to yeah.
1: Oh, But I know what you're saying, but, but that you've got to go really niched and then you can kind of open up. One of the things that I have found, I, I really encourage all of my clients to do, create community and generate you know that real niched message now you can also niche in specialty and speciality so in other words I've, I've kind of niched myself in the area of podcasting um, yeah. but now because my my audience knows me i can offer different programs within you know i've, I've kind of now mapped out a program pathway so if people are not yet ready for a podcast because then they haven't niched enough yet and they haven't got niched programs like a program pathway i then enroll them into what i call my core business foundations where we work on their core business foundations your niche your signature brand signature offering programs you know you opt-in to get the bliss building then they can roll into the podcast and then you know there's an ongoing membership where we just really build that out and strengthen it out but now with with my audience Now I can see that they're having trouble because of all that's happening online, you know, with money mindset. So this is another area of expertise for me that I used to work um, in. Haven't really promoted it much because I've been very niche in my message, But now, because people see me as a podcasting queen, I'm going to start sharing that training because I'm enrolling, you know, opening up a program. But I'm tying it back to the theme. You don't have the right money mindset. You know, and you would know this, the first person you have to sell your products and services to is you. Because if you don't see it as valuable and if you aren't able to speak about it confidently passionately and get your, you know, your um, ideal clients thinking, wow, I want to work with that person, then it's very difficult difficult to be able to generate the kind of sales that, that you want. And so I talk about it from a money mindset perspective. But I've been very strategic in, at what stage and timing that I, I release. Because otherwise you're, 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 you may kind of run the risk of having too many messages out there, which sadly a lot of people do because they're thinking, I've got to get a lot of content out there. But your audience is thinking, well, are you doing networking? Are you doing success? Are you doing sales? And they could all fit beautifully under that umbrella, but I would say some of those success principles, teach them to your existing customers or add a tagline. You know, the seven principles of success for, you know, to to double your sales in in 12 months or something like that, you know, because then people again, there's that sales message.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I have been thinking, you know, because I do do generally all aspects of sales and marketing, but I have been thinking of picking a particular niche Recently, anyway, in my business, not just in the podcast, but um, yeah, because I've I've become um, the number one Mike Armstrong on Google and the number one Mike Armstrong on LinkedIn. So what I've mean, been yes. so looking into niche on is helping people become the um, you know help them help them with their own personal branding so they can become the top yeah. whatever name they yeah. are you know, in their sector. Yeah. So to help people with because a lot of people don't actually work on their own personal branding you know, and they want to become speakers. Mm. And, Know, trainers and coaches and all that and, and they're lo- especially they got a popular name they're lost in amongst the crowd of of other people yeah oh yeah
1: and I think it's even so um so important now with so many more people on the online now many many people who have previously not been as prevalent online and, and sharing a lot of content have now realized I need to get my business online if not Half of of my business offerings, you know, a number of my clients who've done previously in-person and corporate have now got some online programs. And eventually when they get, when the doors open up again, they'll do, um, you know, a blend of online and in-person, which means I think for all businesses online, you have to be really clear. Where are you positioning yourself you know from everyone else thousands of other people who are also speaking in that particular area so yeah because
0: so when, when people used to look for me like like um i've always been i think towards the top of the um uh mike armstrong's out the 1700 on linkedin because i sat up linkedin mm-hmm. a long time ago and was heavily using it as in sales you know So yes. about, you know so, so the domain authority of the, the linkedin page was high and uh but in search there were so many more other mike armstrong's on page one before me for a a long time um you know because because there's like mike armstrong's uh ceos of companies in america and and comedians and Mm. stuff like that so it took me a while but i've got myself to the top now so so you know I could do that for other people. And, and, and that's what, especially with people who've be just pivoted to online now, et cetera, what they don't realise. A lot of people don't do the Google search. They don't put themselves in the customer's experience, if you like, to see where they are. Yes. And one of the things I always yeah. say to people is go onto social media, go onto Google, type yourself in and see see what the journey's like, see how you can find you and where you are and, and, and how long it takes and, and, and what that journey's like. And, and ultimately, if you can be just... You know, when someone just types your name into Google, you're there. You're just there. Even, even you know, better than just being there. You're there, 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 and there. You know what I mean? You own the page. You dominate. Yes. That's yeah. what I'm into. i mean yeah. into, like, making sure yeah. that when people want to find out about you, they can find you nice and easy.
1: Yeah. yeah, I remember years ago when I um, did training, this was back in the career industry, because um, online was only, I mean, Skype, I don't think Skype existed back then, um, but, you know, we certainly were very familiar with online, or on getting more online. One of the personal branding certifications I did, an interesting story that they shared was that You know, eventually, people um, who are having children, young children, would look up the domain names to see if the .com was still available, and if not, they think, okay, how can we change that? Because it's so important, building that online profile, and especially if you've got a common name, um, or a popular name, won't say common, popular name, then you've got to look at kind of branding it. You might use your, you know, your middle initial, but then if you use your middle initial, it has to be consistent across every platform. Um, so yeah that,
0: that's right yeah, every single piece of content needs to add value yeah yeah, sure. so, 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 so if I do niche in my business doing that then I may well niche I might do a spin-off podcast where I use some repurpose some of my content but put it down in the in, in the processor for people who are looking to personally brand themselves this is how to yeah these are the networking tips how you build your brand personally and these are the you know social media mm-hmm. tips on how to you know get higher up uh, your, your personal brand and your name higher up in the linkedin searches and those sort of things so yeah um yeah i think i, might, I may well do that but i'd be interested in having a look at your packages on your podcast uh, assistance because uh, you know be be interesting in to have Yeah, because I,
1: I look at them from a holistic point of view, just like you do too. You know, I, I always say start with the end in mind, which of course it's Stephen Covey. I think it was Stephen Covey who said that's so true. Because you know, if you think about where you want to position yourself and how you're monetizing those things, then the content that you're going to share will seed and lead. It's all about helping people take that next step, take that next step. And as you know, being a sales, you know, sales. Um, and marketing king yourself, you often need to also speak to objections. How do you do that when you're bringing customer, customer um, examples and, you know, there may be statistics and a whole lot of other things within that and a lot of people just grab a microphone and uh, start recording and and off they go. And I I once shared a video that was a bit of a a play on words, but it said, you know, the good news is anyone can start a podcast. Just pick up your iPhone, plug plug it in, you know, to to your headset, press record and off you go. The bad news is anyone can start a podcast. Just plug in your headset, press record and off you go. Because from a personal brand perspective, the content that you may be sharing, even intentionally, you think I'm getting lots of content out. It actually could be tarnishing your brand because everything you say and do, the interactions, the content, speak something. You know, is it speaking you as a trusted authority? Is it positioning you as a trusted authority as the go-to person in the area of sales or podcasting or speaking or whatever it is? Or it could be, um, you know, detracting. And you know what they say about people. Your ideal client, if there's too much information, they'll be overwhelmed. And an overwhelmed person often does nothing. Um, and so we want to help our customers, our prospective customers, make a decision, position ourselves as not just a, a want but a need. I need Mike Services because he's got such a vast background in the area of sales. And, you know, I think a lot of us tend to um, forget that often experience across many decades is valuable. You know, often foresight can be taken by, you know, insight on hindsight can be the foresight that we need. And so for you, I mean, you can see um, the customer journey and what's changed online. There's a difference in communicating and building relationships online than there would be face-to-face. So there's going to be things that people, businesses have to incorporate. Maybe part of your I call it your brand communication wheel, also incorporates live streams because typically podcasts, unless you're doing, you know, an audio podcast, uh, video and audio podcast, typically, you know, live streaming um, gives you that immediate connection, whereas pre-recorded things are often pre-recorded, but seeing you live in the flesh um, where you are you know, kind of just off the cuff but really communicating in an authentic way can build that deeper connection. And you do it at the right time, in the right, you know, right stage of your pipeline and your engagement strategy can just nurture them along that, um, yeah, that pipeline. But, yeah, it starts with the end in mind, which is really getting clear on where do I want to position myself. So that all the work that you're doing is, is adding value to that one area.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yes, because you have provided lots of good information and advice, uh, not just for me, obviously, uh, as a newer podcaster, but also for obviously all those people out there who are thinking about uh, picking up their phone and sticking in their uh, headphones and, and creating a podcast. And, and maybe just uh, maybe thinking about, OK, how do I strategize and plan it a little bit more first before I do that? or who do I engage with first in order to help me in that process of uh, doing that. So, uh, so yeah, that's been uh, fantastic, lots of great information there and I'm conscious that uh, we both got other things we've got to do uh, today. So I'm going to probably leave it there, but thank you very much for your information and for for, for coming on the podcast and sharing some of your uh, knowledge and experience. It's been fantastic. So thanks. Thanks again. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you. Brilliant. OK, then. And uh, yeah, there's nothing else left for me to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks yes, for listening. you too. You too. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Right. The Networking Grapevine feature is brought to you in conjunction with Intrabiz. And you can find out more about them by visiting www.intrabiz.co.uk. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye bye.